Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Grandpa Pete Robertson. That is just the weirdest thing ever. I, I, you know how many people have told, asked me, you know, how does it feel to be a grandpa? I don't know. I think, I think I'm gonna, it's gonna be one of those things when, she, when baby Alora, and we'll talk about that a little bit, but when she calls me grandpa, maybe. Wow. So it'll be I, a while. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I, mean, they don't, I guess they I don't, am. They I don't mean, talk right away. You know that, right? No. They, oh, okay. They do the Google. Google I think you got to get used to the grandpa thing way before she can say grandpa. So, so what took place this week, Christine? Ooh, huh? Big news. There was a lot of action going on. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about it. Let's see. It started Friday when she went to the doctor. Yeah. And she Our got a checkup. Yeah. Yes. Um, she was dilated to two. Well. And the doctor did something to help little things out. Yeah. I won't describe it. And right. then. To help speed along the, the pregnancy. Process. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the delivery part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she started getting regular contractions um, later Saturday evening. She was in labor for 26 hours. Yep. We were gone and she kept texting and we came home and I kept trying to determine the level and the strength of them. Had her get up and walk around for a while and uh, noticed that it was stopping her. I'm like, okay, well, we'll check. And... We went, went to the, the hospital yeah, in the middle of the night. Yes. Yeah. And we it was about no 11. Sleep. Yeah. No, lack of sleep. Yeah. Got home at 2.30. Yeah. So she was still dilated to having regular contractions. And um, pain. She was, she was comfortable at all. On the story yeah, about, on the six, about 6.30 in the morning, she was, she yep. was like, we got to go back to the hospital. Yeah. So this is Sunday morning. Yeah. We're, we're Sunday still morning. having slept much. Maybe a couple hours sleep. I think we got four. Four hours. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Plenty. That must. Yeah. Plenty. She didn't get that. No, she was up. Yeah. She was up all night. Yeah. She didn't get that. Uh, checked into the hospital. Gosh, it was about 10 by the time they got her checked in and all. And baby was born about 3.52 p.m. Yeah. yeah, it was a crazy ride. I mean, it was... Um, I, I've said this in the past and I'll say it again. What God has allowed the women to endure it's going crazy. through this is absolutely incredible. And I mean, it just, it gives you a whole new profound respect. I mean, it was, I mean, hearing my daughter go through this was just crazy. It was uh, pretty rough. It was pretty rough, but uh, the end result, baby, Alora. So cool. Amazing. She's five pounds, two ounces or five pounds, seven ounces, seven ounces. 19 inches. She's a little preemie. She's a little small. She came about two and a half weeks early. Um, beautiful, full set of hair. Uh, gorgeous. When you look at her straight on, she looks like daddy. So yeah. she has a little daddy feet look going on. Uh, I, my daughter's husband, Travis, he's a good looking young man and she's a very beautiful. I mean, a lot of times babies look like aliens, you know, this right. one. She kind of has a, she kind of looks kind of cool. So yeah, it was neat. I'm so excited for you guys. Yeah, She's it's, perfect. it's our first, it's, it's our it's, first grandbaby. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully one of many. I told my kids, I want a total of 10 between the three 10. of my, three of my kids. You should have 12. You got like oh, 12 tribes. So they, so they started counting out and my daughter face goes, well, dad, that means I might have to have like six. 
I go, what do you mean six? She goes, yeah, well, Austin and Rachel will only have two and Bree will probably only have two. So I'm going to have to have six. I was like, okay, right. then you have to have six. Yeah. Well, she started yeah. early. She's so, good. Yeah. <laughs> we told She's her you're good. made for it. You're perfect. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So anyway, so that's what we did. So it was exciting. Awesome. So everybody, now the whole world hears. So we're excited. So we have a new Riot Podcast listener as of Sunday yeah, morning yeah. or Sunday afternoon. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, it was. You, you need know, to get her a little t-shirt. Something. <laughs> oh my gosh. That would be adorable. <laughs> it was a, it was an awesome time. I mean, it, it messed up my football schedule. So, so here I can tell you. Oh, yeah, poor so grandpa. I, so I want to tell you a little what happened. Did so, USC win? I don't even know. I don't even know. Did they? I oh yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, they did. I think they did. No, no, they did. I I did see the score. Anyway, so I was outside of the delivery room and I was listening and hearing everything, but I didn't go inside. I stayed outside. And my wife, Christine, and um Travis were inside. And so I'm outside. I was like, man, I don't want to just listen to this whole time. So I'm just like, let me do something else. So I pulled up the Buffalo Bills game and and I was able to watch football. And so I, um, Travis comes out for a break for a little bit and he goes, Oh, the game's on. Right. And I was like, yeah. And then we just started watching it together as they're in the middle of this, just to give him a little reprieve. You know, it was like, meanwhile, face like, no, she was in between. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if it was the end of that game, that was like the greatest two minutes in football history, the way that way that game ended, but that's a side note. Yeah. It was great. I didn't get to see the end of the game. Oh, it was cool. What happened? It was, it just went back and forth The goal line plays, goal line stops on a goal line fumble and it went to overtime. It was, and Minnesota ended up winning. Minnesota right? ended up yeah. winning. So, and so they're now eight and one. They're right? eight and one. And we can now officially say the first place Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So they, that is they, they, benef- they benefited from that, from that game. So, and then Tua coming back was yeah, he's, he's incredible. He's incredible. The, and then the wide Eagles receiver. just undefeated, right? Yeah. Uh, nope. They got beat last night. Oh, so they did lose. They last got night. beat last night, Monday Night Football. So they the 72 the Dolphins are celebrating today, I'm sure. Okay. Anyway, so that's our little football. That's football. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening to us. So, so we got and the Knowles won again. Yeah, for those yeah. of you who care about the Knowles. Oh, yeah. And Liberty lost a close one to oh, UConn. Yeah. Oh, After beating that. Arkansas, then they lose to, yeah. to UConn. Yeah, we, the only reason why we even bring up Liberty is because Barry is diehard. So. Well, he's a grad. He's not yeah. just a diehard. He's not just a fan. Well, he's there's a, grad. a lot of people that we know personally that are grads from That's right. Liberty. So, so we got to yeah. bring up Liberty football. Man. And they're having a good season. But yeah. And they're not a good, a good week. Not a good week. All right. So that's exciting. Anything else? Anything on. funny happened this week that you think of? Funny? Yeah. I don't know. We had a great gathering of men on Saturday. That yeah. was that was phenomenal. Absolutely. Um, and I just I it's funny because I, I always well, you said funny. I always look forward to it. It's it's just, you know, it's one week a, a month or one Saturday a month, but just so awesome getting those men together and something the Holy Spirit takes over every time and something incredible always happens. And this week was no exception. We just had guys kind of just crying out for, Hey, I need, you know, I need more, I need more fellowship. I need this. You know, if, if this thing is going to work, right. We're going to, this relationship works. I need people to come alongside of me. And I think we heard that loud and loud and clear. So that was, it's, that it's was humbling really cool. to be a part of it. It's it definitely a movement of God. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I, as we've shared in many times on the show, there's you know, many different churches that are represented there. It's God moving in their lives. They're coming to be a part of this fellowship of men. And uh, these men are challenged and these men are, are called to a higher living and they're called to love their wives. They're called to be uh, the best fathers they can be. They're called to lead their home. And um, every week, you know, that the fellowship is 
the bonding is strange. You have to kick them out of the house. And it's, true. it's so true. You know? It ends at 1030. I literally had to kick people out at noon. I think one of the highlights was really fun as we talked about Jeremiah, how we talk about Jeremiah on the show a lot. Yeah. And the bobblehead. Uh, yeah, we talked about bobbleheads. And he's like, <laughs> like, well, you should sell it and give me some proceeds for it. But it was funny just talking about that. Oh, with him. It was funny, Pete, preparing for this week. We we uh, we were finishing up John chapter five in our in our group. It's funny, right? So the we're, yes, the, the the men's group is following along in John as well. But, uh, you know, the, the term fellowship is kind of how today's podcast came up, uh, came about, right? It's just we're talking about fellowship and God really put on my heart about fellowship. And I was listening to a podcast. Um, I don't know. I think we've talked about him before, but there's a pastor out of Waco, Texas that I'm, I just I love listening to his to his sermons. But he also does a podcast. And uh, I was listening to that and they were talking about his name is JP. Um, I don't know if that helps you find him if you want to look him up. Uh, but yeah, he he's he's really he's a good guy to listen to. Um, I think it's Harris Creek. Um yeah, Harris Creek well, the, in the Waco, Texas. Is becoming something. Becoming something. Yeah. So check it out. But in his in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, or I don't know how far back I was listening, but he he was sharing how in their life groups, Pete, they talk about every week they they ask each other three questions. So um, the three questions are: How are you feeding your faith? How are you feeding others? How are you you know you know how are you giving it away? So basically, it's input. How are you feeding your faith? Output. How are you giving it away? And then thirdly is um, how are you feeding your flesh? Which is, I, I think it's, that's a part we, we don't like to talk about, but you know, I think it's really important because I think it puts a focus on, mm. hey, I'm doing these things that really aren't kingdom things, yeah. right? And uh, you know, it's, a, it's an opportunity to confess your sin, but it's also an opportunity to just help you focus mm. and stay focused on things that are eternal. And I, I think that what a great exercise. So we were talking about that at men's group and it really just opened up, man, a lively conversation, yeah. which was really, really cool. I think that was one of the more passionate conversations we've had in a long time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I think so. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, we're going to talk about that at the end of today's show. Perfect. Yeah, so we'll get into that deeper. All right, let's go ahead and open a prayer. All right. So we're going to title this show, Why is Christian Fellowship So Important? And it's, I mean, I I think a lot of Christians, they might think, oh, yeah, I understand it. But we really, we really want to put the emphasis on why it's so important and kind of walk through that. So let's go through that together. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just, uh, we just thank you and love you and just... Uh, just so grateful that uh, we have this opportunity to do this podcast, Father. And I thank you for our listeners who are listening to it. Lord, I pray that uh, you would uh, just reach down and, you know, just speak to them in a special way today. Lord, as uh, Pete and I and just kind of go through the, this topic of, you know, why we need fellowship. Lord, I just ask that the Holy Spirit would just take over and uh, just help us speak truth only, Lord. And talk to talk to our listeners today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's um, let's dive in and uh, kind of set this up and, and go for it. All right. Let's do it. So God never intended for his people to be alone. Really? In the very, really. Yeah. I read it somewhere, I think, in the beginning of the book. Yeah. In Genesis, maybe. Yeah. In the very beginning, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. That has not changed. At all. It is even more important for followers of Jesus to come together. Terms such as family, together, and fellowship are all important concepts in the New Testament for us to gather together and encourage one another. You know, fellowship is the relationship is the relationship that we have with one another as Christians. It's mm -hmm. based on the relationship we have with Jesus. When you and I become Christians, three relationships change. Jesus becomes our Savior. 
God becomes our father and the church becomes our family. Mm. In other words, believers are now my brothers and sisters in Christ and accepted into the family of God. Yeah, we're going to we're we're going to go into detail. That word fellowship there is koinonia. We're going to talk about that a little bit and in talking about what this brothers and sisters in Christ kind of thing is. So It's Greek, right? Yeah, yeah it is. Hey, it was Greek to me. That's good. <laughs> to help us set up why Christian fellowship is so important, let's read Acts 2, 41 through 47. Yeah, I, this verse kind of gives, it's like the foundational piece to what fellowship looks like. And so let's break it down. So Peter has just finished up preaching, and here's what happens. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Yeah, that fear was just more like, okay, this is supernatural activity happening. This is outside of normal. Like a reverence, maybe? But it was more like, okay, we're in awe. In so awe. That's, that's it's a good kind word. Of like a, it's, it's that's taking place. All right. Now, all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, okay. praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I, I mean, I love that it says the gladness and simplicity of heart. We as, as Christians, we have to understand that following Jesus is simple. Jesus does all the hard work. He does all the heavy lifting. We simply follow him. And the best part about it is that we don't have to do it on our own accord. The Bible says if we're weak, he gives us strength. The Bible says if we lack wisdom, he gives us wisdom. We lack knowledge, he gives it. So it's to be a follower of Jesus. Yes, it's difficult. And yes, it's hard because we are being attacked by an enemy. There is a super force that wants us destroyed. And if we give in to that or we we live by the flesh or we live by the world standards, then yes, it's going to be difficult because we're living on our own accord. But if we sacrifice that and we surrender our lives to Jesus and let him take lead and ownership, it's simple. We just have to simply, in our hearts, let him be God. Stop trying to be the author and finisher of your own life and mm -hmm. let him be the finisher of your life. And so it's it's when you see that, that's that. But here's the best part about this. So that the context of this verse. God is saying, here is the blueprint of what I want you to do in order for you to have a fruitful, productive life worshiping me. You need to surround yourself with other like-minded believers so that together you guys can then go and change the world and turn it upside down. And, and that's what it's doing. So he gave us the blueprint. So here's the blueprint. So what happened? So the, the church, here's the characteristics. They studied the Bible together. That was the first thing they did. So how do we study the Bible together, Bob? Well, you could do it a lot of ways. We could do it in uh, a lot of people call what life groups or yep. community or whatever you want to call it. You can you can gather and do it that way. You can do it, uh, you know, one on one with yep. you, with your spouse, yep. with um, you know, a, a brother. You know, if you're a guy, you know, another brother, and just meet one on one and just kind of, you know, take take a chapter or take a uh, a book of the Bible and just dissect it. What does it mean? You know, and really die not read it. But, I mean, but like eat it sounds weird but digest it yeah you know just not go word for word like what 
what are you trying to show me here, God? Yeah. So, so you could do it. There's a couple of ways you could do it. You could do it with your family, your your friends, um, in a in a group. I think it gets more difficult the more people you have. Um, but even in your church gatherings on Sunday morning, this should still be going on. You should still be, you know, diving in and learning the word of God. So I, so we have to understand. So we're talking about fellowship. So again, it's very important. The Bible is telling us here that we are to read our Bibles together with our friends in our fellowship. So does that mean we don't read our Bibles by ourselves? No, no, we still do that. No, it doesn't mean that. No, no, it does not mean that. Let me be clear. Yeah, it does not mean that. So that's, that's that. Okay. What else did they do? So they had Konania. So they had a deeper fellowship than you can get with just your friends or your brother and sister. So what does that koinonia mean to you, Bob? What's your thoughts on that? I, I think it's like I'm even closer than family. I mean, you um, you know, the, in this text, they're talking about there. This isn't a once a week. Hey, let's meet on Sundays for 90 minutes. This is living our lives together. So they're breaking bread and in prayer daily, um, you know. It's it's not it's it's not a spot on their calendar, right? It's something that it just happens continuously. I don't know. Is that is that what you're looking for? Yeah, no. Koinonia is a deeper fellowship. And so I can have my friends, and we have fellowship, but we don't have the Holy Spirit in the midst of it. Yeah, like your friends come over to watch a football game with you. That's one thing. Yeah, but that's not what they're talking about. And here. there's a lot of unfortunately, there's a lot of people within the body of Christ that don't invite the the Holy Spirit into their fellowship. And so they'll have gatherings, they'll have get togethers, but they don't bring Jesus into that get together. They're all, they're just being community, whatever. No, Juanania is the spirit of God that's working within the fellowship. It's the friendship. And so that makes our bond even greater. It makes it even deeper. And when we invite the Holy Spirit in, we have Konania. So the Konania mm-hmm. is the deep fellowship that we have you don't get that outside of the body of Christ. Well, you know why that works, I think? Huh. Because everybody's got the same goal. They're all trying to lift up Jesus. That's it. When you don't invite Jesus, everybody's trying to lift up themselves. Yeah. And it just becomes like a regular gathering that you would get everywhere else. Oh, yeah. But if we really want koinonia, we bring Jesus into everything. So like we went over to your house the other day. So perfect examples. We went over to your house the other day. We broke bread together. We're going to talk about that in a second. But we broke bread together. We, had, we just hung out. We didn't do much. We didn't have any agenda. We didn't have any plan. But all of a sudden, God put it on your heart to bring Jesus into the equation. So what do we did? We watched a couple of YouTube videos on worship music, and we talked about that. We went into that. Um, we kind of broke down a, a Psalms 51 yeah. or 53, right? And we broke that down. Or was no, it 51? It's 51. 51, creating me a clean heart. Yep. Um, but that was bringing the Spirit of God into that meeting. That was what we did. So we we could have just been friends and watched football and not talked about Jesus, or we could invite God into the meeting and that we then had Konania. I didn't even think about that. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. So that we, we, the, the also in this, this verse, it said they ate together, they broke bread. So it's good to eat. It's go take, go out to lunch on Sundays, you know, invite a friend, go out to lunch, build relationships with people, um, go over somebody's house, invite people over to, to have lunch and bread. Um, they prayed together. That was the other thing they did. So, I mean, it's it's one thing to pray for yourself, but it's another thing to pray with other people. Yeah. You know, the Bible tells us what two or more are gathered in his name, that he's there. And so that's talking about a church. That's talking about the body of Christ. And the last thing they did was it talks about that they had the right attitude. They were like-minded. And so we want to make sure that we are like-minded in that, that we're going with the right attitude. We're not making it about us. We're making it about Jesus and him glorified. So good. You know, there's a section in there in the middle that a lot of people use 
when they're trying to defend like uh, socialism and stuff like that, where it's like, you know, all the believers were together and had all things in common. Yeah. You know what I the difference is there? Hmm. They were voluntarily giving their, yeah. giving what, Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they don't believe it belongs to them. They believe it belongs to God. It well, worked. I mean the, the owner of, um, what was the hobby lobby? Yeah. I mean, he's all about giving his yeah. money away. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I mean, he wants to live off of, I think 10% or 5% of his income. And he wants to give all the everything Reverse else. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard him talk about that. So, I mean, that's the, that's the mentality of all of us though. It's, we have to understand that it's not our money. It's God's money. And, and who's in charge of the body of Christ. And well, it's Jesus, he's the, he's, you know, he's the bride, we're the bridegroom. And so our money is to further his kingdom is to further enhance God's bride. And so that's the way that we should look at it. So, so. good. All right, let's get started. The right. first reason why it's so important is uh, we're talking about fellowship is because fellowship gives us a picture of God. Mm. Each of us coming together shows all of God's grace to the world, our graces to the world. No one is perfect. We all sin, but each one of us has a purpose here on earth that is how, and, and that is how to show aspects of God to those people around us. Each of us have been given specific spiritual gifts. When we come together in fellowship, it's it's like us as a whole demonstrating who God is. Mm -hmm. Think of it this way. I love this analogy, Pete. Yeah. Think of it as a cake. You need flour and sugar and eggs and oil just to make the cake. You know, have you ever tried to eat just flour or just yeah, eggs doesn't or work. just oil? It's nasty, right? But when you put it all together, you know, the eggs will never be the flour. Yeah. You know, none of them make up the cake alone is kind of what we're saying. Yeah. But, and you know, apart, eh, but together, Pete. All those ingredients make a delicious cake. It's like that with fellowship. All of us together show the glory of God. Yeah, I mean, we we know there's so many people out there that have that are in the body of Christ that that are not fully engaged in the body of Christ. I mean, they come to church on Sundays or they watch on YouTube or watch on online or whatever. And they have really no fellowship. Well, one, we're going to talk about why that's not important. That's why that's not good. And it's, it's important not to be like that. Um, but two, it's like, you don't get the same. You don't, it's like the body of Christ. It's like perfect example. Um, my daughter just had uh, her baby and we got inundated with people wanting to know what's going on. How's the baby? We, you know, there was some things that happened. We say, Hey, pray, you know, and that everything goes well and so forth. And we had an army of believers praying. We have so many people bringing us food. You brought us something today and other people are offering, Hey, could we bring food? Could we be a part of this? Or how, you know, how could we help? You know? And it says, do we need us to clean your house? Do you need us to come over? I mean, so many different people were that have gifts or have talents were engaged in what's going on in our life. If you're not a part of church, if you're not a part of being a part of the body of Christ, a fellowship, you're not allowing them to use their gifts in your life. You're not allowing yourself to use your gifts to bless them. And so that's kind of what we're talking about, the cake. We all have a, we're all, we all have something good to offer somebody. We all have uh, the goodness of God to give. We all have something that's sweet and that's tasty but we need each other to bring it all together so that the world can benefit from. And not only that, we benefit from that. Right. Yeah. Um, so you want to read the discussion part? Yeah. Yeah. It says, uh, it, Paul tells us in Romans uh, 12 verses four through six, for just as each of us has one body and many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given 
to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, prophesying, did I say that right? Yeah. Then prophecy and then prophesy in accordance with your faith. And uh, I think he goes on to talk about other gifts too. You know, if your gift is teaching, then teach or something like that. So if I remember that verse right. But yeah, yeah. So, we, we all have different roles, Pete. Well, I had somebody tell me once and I was a part of a life group and I'm, I'm, my natural gift is to teach. I love to teach. I'm a teacher by nature. Um, I could preach as well. Um, I can, I can, you know, be a preacher, but I, I prefer teaching. I prefer giving the steps or the depth of things. I prefer breaking things down. And I was a part of a life group one time and I had a gentleman up says, man, you really did a lot of talking today. And, you know, you ask questions, but you really were trying to explain things and that stuff. And I looked at him and I says, well, I do that because my natural gift is to teach. My natural gift is to help break down what the verse is talking about, to help people be able to see it in a more clear manner. If I did not do that, then I would not be benefiting the body of Christ. And so many times I'm, sometimes I'm quiet. Sometimes I never have to say anything. Perfect example, when I'm at the men's breakfast, there's some months that um, meetings that we do, I don't have to say anything because everything that is being spoken is in context with what, and there's nothing that I can add. So it's okay. But if there's things or things that come up, that's maybe not in context or something that does, my gift is, well, bring to the fellowship what you know, bring to the fellowship, the teaching that God has given you. And so that's how the body of Christ works. You, you are, we're not everything to everybody. We're just some things. And so we stick to our lanes. We just be what we know we could do. And as long as it elevates and it builds up the body of Christ, that's, that's kind of the key in that. Let me read a statement by Andrew Murray. He said, our love to God is measured by our everyday fellowship with others. And the love it displays is using our gifts to edify the body of Christ. So again, we want to edify, we want to build up. So if what you're doing is not building up and it's bringing attention to yourself and not bringing attention to God, then it's pointless. Don't say it. Red flag right there. Okay. Second reason uh, Christian fellowship is so important is because it makes us stronger. No matter where we are in our faith, fellowship provides us with strength. Being around other believers gives us the chance to learn and to grow in our faith. It demonstrates to us why we believe and sometimes it is the excellent food for our souls. It's great to be out of the world evangelizing others, but it can easily make us hard and eat away at our strength. When we deal with the hard-hearted world, it can become easy to fall into that hard-heartedness ourselves and question our own beliefs. It's always good to spend some time in fellowship so that we remember that God makes us strong. Amen. I was just looking at the last chapter, our last point, we said Romans 12. It was actually 1 Corinthians 12. But anyways, I was just correcting that. Anybody was picking that up with that verse that we read on, on our body of Christ. Anyways, all right. So where we're at is we're talking about fellowship makes us stronger. So Jesus says in Matthew 18, 19 through 20, again, truly, I tell you that if two of you are on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by, any, by my Father in heaven. Or where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. So again, I, we talked about this yeah. again. It's, you know, Jesus, it, does that mean that if is the Holy Spirit with me now, if I'm by myself? Of course he is. We're, Jesus is just encouraging the body of Christ to be with each other. He wants us to break bread. He wants us to pray together. He wants us to have that fellowship. Um, it's very important. Charles Spurgeon said, Satan always hates Christian fellowship. It is his policy to keep Christians apart. Anything which can divide saints from one another, he delights in. 
he attaches far more importance to godly intercourse than we do. Since union is strength, he does his best to promote separation. So do you think that this COVID-19 thing that just came up would have been something that God would have wanted? <laughs> no. So everything was about separation. Yeah. Everything is about close the churches. Don't go to the church. You know, we're going to, if you're, if you're a pastor and you keep the church up, we're going to find you and put you in jail as they did in Canada. Right. Or, Hey, now that it's back, everybody's fearful. He wants them to be fearful. Oh, you don't want to get sick. You don't want to die. So they, what do they do? They'll stay home in the comfort of their own homes. They've brought fear to the body of Christ. And, and that is not God. We listen, people, pandemics have been around since the beginning of time. Sicknesses have been around since the beginning of time. We do not trust in that. We trust in God. Does that mean that we're irresponsible and do stupid things and so no. forth? No. If we you got the flu, hands. stay home. Yeah. yeah be, but... be wise, be wise, but we don't fear that. So we don't want to give Satan a foothold. We want to be a part of the body of Christ. We want to do that because it makes us stronger. Exactly. We are stronger together. Yeah, I think that that's what Jesus is saying here. Yeah. It's just it, there's strength in doing that. Like you said, yeah. the Holy Spirit's still with you, but yeah. there's strength in getting together. And you know this is true because you know if, if not so much, and I think this is a good reason to be serving on Sunday mornings because it, it changes your perspective. But think for the people that aren't serving on Sunday mornings, how many times does uh, the enemy or do you just get these urges like you know what I I can just stay home and watch it or I don't really have to go today and think of how strong the enemy fights for you to go if it weren't that important for you to be gathering with other people it wouldn't be that it wouldn't be that powerful it wouldn't be that big of a of a pull to try to keep you from doing it well we rebelled against the mandate we still met up even during that time of COVID <laughs> we did. But we're mindful together. So we wanted to know where were you, who you're hanging out. We were watching. We were trying to be careful. We weren't, but we weren't given in to the lies that Satan sent. Um, our producer here just gave me this verse. So first, glad. First Corinthians 12. She said, and if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. And again, it's making us stronger. Well, if you're weak, the body price is there to help build you up. If you're strong, you're there to help build up the people that are, that are you know, they or vice versa. It just helps the body of Christ grow together. All right, let's go to the next one. Okay. Third reason is fellowship provides encouragement. We all have bad moments, Pete, whether it's the loss of a loved one, a failed exam, money problems, or even a crisis of faith, we can find ourselves getting down. If we go too low, it can lead to anger and feelings of uh, disillusionment with God. Yet these low times are why fellowship is so important. You know, spending time with other believers can often lift us up and uh, they help us. They help us keep us, our eyes on God. And God also works through them to provide us what we need in dark times. You know, coming together with others can aid in our healing process as well and give us encouragement to move forward. You know, it's sometimes it's hard. So like I would prefer to be by myself. And I know there's many people out there out like that. It's it's not as easy for me to go and say hello to somebody. Now, people that know me say that's a lie. You're just so outgoing and you talk to everybody. It's it's not my natural thing. And so for me, my wife, it's natural. My wife, it's natural to interact. My wife, it's natural to talk with people. For me, I much rather just go to the car after church and be done with it. But it's, it's, and it's hard for some people. Some people, it's not that hard. And so they're like, oh, I understand fellowship. I'm highly involved in my church and everything is fine. Well, that's not for everybody. Not everybody's like that. And so, but what God is telling us to do is we need to humble our pride here 
And we need to recognize that we need the body of Christ. We need fellowship. We need that encouragement that the body of Christ can get. And I've heard people, um, I've, I've counseled many people over the years. And one of the things that I always ask people is, are you involved in your church? Do you serve at your church? Do you attend a life group? Do you do that? And they've, and many of them, because they have these dysfunctions and the things that are happening in their life, they've told me no. And the first thing that I would encourage them to do was get involved in a life group. After that, they would meet with me after they've been, and their life has been changed. They are completely changed people. The life group has spoken into them. They've come alongside of them. They've given them purpose. They've given them things. And I'm telling you, that's the importance of getting involved in fellowship. Serve at your church, get involved, and find opportunities to be able to get with other believers and grow because they, we do encourage each other. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So it's, it's just awesome. I love, I, I, I've been to so many life groups just like you over the years, and it's really fun to be a part of a life group where there's a newbie there. All right. So this is a person that's pretty new to this whole fellowship thing, right? They are scared to death. They went out <laughs> of their way to get there. They come and they're like, okay, am I really wanting to do this? But it's fun because there's an innocence in it. There's a, there's a sense of, okay, I'm trying to see if this is going to work for me or not. And, uh, and it's just, it's, it's exciting to be a part of that. And so go, it's okay. You know, just get involved. All right. Reason number four is because fellowship reminds us we are not alone. Coming together with other believers in worship and conversation helps to remind us that we are not alone in this world. Mm. There are believers everywhere. It's amazing that no matter where you are in the world, when you meet another believer, it's like you suddenly feel at home. That's why God made fellowship so important. He wants us to come together so, so that we will always know we're not alone. Fellowship allows us to build those lasting relationships so we're never by ourselves in this world. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, we just said alone like five times. It's, it, it, how important is it for us to be around other people? That's, again, there's, there's a, a book out there called Bondage Breakers. And the author of that book is called Neil, is by Neil Till Anderson. And it's um, anybody that's struggling with a bondage in their life. Um, anybody that's suffering, anybody that has an addiction, anything that, that's been weighing you down. Uh, this book, it kind of talks about how a lot of times you want to isolate yourself. You know, you want to be alone. And that is where sin rages the most. And, and if you're in fellowship, it's like with me, I fall short every week. I fall short every day. There's certain things in my life where the flesh kicks in, but I can't stay there because of the fellowship. I can't stay in my sin because I'm accountable to so many different people. I have to humble myself. You know, can you imagine if I stayed in my sin and how effective I would be in my fellowship time? You know, it would be, it would be dead, right? I need yep. to be broken. I need, just like I was sharing with in our prep today, I woke up this morning, just repenting. I just woke up this morning, just wanting to be in fellowship with God. And, and it's like, I don't have time to, to play around, you know? And so that's one of the importance of fellowship. If you're alone, Satan thrives in your aloneness and you are able to, you have no accountability. You have no, no one there to, to be able to evaluate. Are you walking with the Lord or not walking with the Lord? 
you know, nobody wants to have that. Nobody wants to have somebody look over them or, 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 you know, I can't believe that you're doing that. And, and I've experienced many people that have been in affairs or been living outside of, of what is the very best. And I've had to lovingly share with them, Hey, is that the very best? I don't, you don't want to go that route. You know, they've, they've risked it. They've been in fellowship and now here's this guy sharing with them. Well, you have two options. One, you're hearing the truth of God. You can evaluate it and look it up for yourself. Don't take the person's word for it. Read it in context of what the Bible's saying. And, and two, you can either believe it as true and accept it and then grow closer to the Lord, or you can reject it and rebel and then go live in isolation again. That's your choice. And, and a lot of people, they choose to live in isolation or they choose to select certain friends that would never do that for them. They don't iron sharpen iron. They don't put themselves in a position where they can actually grow spiritually. They'll find a select few people that are like just like them or worse off than they are. <laughs> and, and they're living a life and they make themselves feel better. That's not healthy either. So, Bob, any thoughts? Uh, that, that's all good stuff. I mean, you're talking about where's to say that uh, Satan prowls around like a lion. I mean, and that's just such a great analogy. If you're isolated, what who does you know? Where does the line go after? It goes after the that that solo zebra, so right? The one that's kind of off on by itself. You just become an easy target for the enemy, and then it, then it just gets harder. It kind of like snowballs on you, and then so the more the more you get into that, then you know you don't want to be part of the group, and it just isolation just breeds isolation. Yeah, First Corinthians twelve twenty one says the eye can never say to the hand, "I don't need you." The hand can't say to the feet, "I don't need you." We need the body of Christ. And mm -hmm. if we are isolating ourselves, then we're basically saying, I don't need you. And that is not what God is saying. Let me read this quote by Neil to Anderson. I already brought him up. So let me bring him. He said, aloneness can lead to loneliness. God preventative for loneliness is intimacy, meaningful, open, open, sharing relationships with one another. In Christ, we have the capacity for fulfilling the sense of belonging, which comes from intimate fellowship with God and intimate fellowship with others in Konea. So that's what we need. We need that intimate fellowship. Not just, not just, hey, I have my friends that are just like me or worse than me, but intimate fellowship is I have friends in my life that can speak into my life. I have people fellowship that are that have Konea. I have people that I know I can rely upon and that are not going to judge me. And they're going to be there for me and lift me up. And that's what it's talking about. That's good. So do you want to grow closer to, to God or do you want to pull away from God? That's the bottom line. And then choose your, choose your circle of friends appropriately. Yeah. yeah. I, it's like my circle of friends and your circle of friends are, are highly involved in ministry, right? Mm -hmm. My circle of friends are either pastors or lay leaders or, or, or associate. Those are my closest people. Yep. If you look at them, they're really engaged in doing the word of God. And, and it's, and I want people that, that can speak into my life. So I'm, I'm looking for, are you spiritually mature? Well, I'll spend, I'll spend time with you. Are you the one that's going to actually walk with the Lord or whatever? And if you're not, I'm not spending as much time with you. And it's, and there's, there's, there's a reason for it. There's, we don't have that koinonia. And, and so I'm looking for that deep fellowship. I'm looking for that intimacy because I want to grow closer to the Lord. I do not want to put myself in a position where I'm not furthering God's kingdom together. So that's kind Good of the stuff. mindset. Yeah. And that leads right into the next statement, Pete. It's uh, the fifth reason is because fellowship helps us grow Amen. closer to Jesus. Yeah. You know, coming together is a great way for each of us to grow in our faith, reading our Bibles and praying are great ways to get closer to God. But each of us has important lessons to impart to one another. When we come together in fellowship, we teach each other things. 
God gives us a gift of learning and growing when we come together in fellowship. We show each other how to live as God wants us to live and how to walk in his footsteps. And, you know, Pete, it's just we get different perspectives. You know, we see things one way and our brother sees something totally different. And you're like, oh, I never thought about it that way. And it's just like a light bulb goes off and you're like, but that's how it works. You know, you just kind of build yeah. each other up and draw and help each other draw closer to Jesus. Yeah. Anybody that's been around me, you know, one of the things that I say a lot is, you know, how's God speaking to you today? You know, what is he saying today? And, and, and it's not that I'm like judging the person. I don't care what, what I'm doing it almost in a selfish way. Is is I want to know what God's speaking to what you. What can I learn through I you? I want to learn, <laughs> and and it's and it's so. I mean, a lot of people are like, well, why? You know, why does it matter to you? Well, one, if God's not speaking to you today, that's telling me right away that maybe you don't have a fellowship with Him. Right? There's maybe there's no intimacy with the Father, and that might we need to maybe talk about that. So that's the first thing that that will tell me. But the next thing that it tells me though is that I I really crave hearing how God speaks to people. I mean, I'm a junkie for it's that. It's encouraging. It is. It's such an encouragement to me. And so it's it's so important that if we are in fellowship, that we surround ourselves with the right people, but the, the right people that are going to actually be able to speak God's word in their, into your life because God is moving in their life. Without it, you know, it's bad. All right, let's go on to the six. Okay. Satan does not want us to fellowship together. So we must resist the temptation to remain separated. Kind of what we were talking about earlier. Let us learn to adjust our lives to be in one person, to be in one another's presence. So, yeah, I mean, this, the whole idea of community and getting together, it's hard work, Pete. It's, it's sometimes it's messy. You, you ever notice that relationships oh, yeah. are messy. Um, I just started a new relationship, right? So I, and, and it's built on a messy kind of thing. And I'm, I have really had to check myself to, before I started engaging in this new relationship with this gentleman. And I was like, oh, Lord, do I really want to get into that? Do I really want to get into the thick of things with, with this person? And, and if God has called you to this, and if God has put it or pressed upon your heart that you're to have this relationship, you need to be obedient more so and go through it. But I promise you, if you are obedient, the reward from it is great. Yeah, because God knows so what true. he's doing. I mean, I, I asked the guys this question on Saturday. And they're like, think, think back in your life. Think of... Think of some epic days, you know, epic memories in your life. Yeah, was good. How many of those were you by yourself? None. Good. It doesn't happen, right? That was All good. Right. Yeah. Corey Tim Boone said, when a Christian shuns fellowship with other Christians, the devil smiles. When he stops studying the Bible, the devil laughs. When he stops praying, the devil shouts out with joy. Let it never be. Yeah. So it's, it's, it is what it is. We need wow. to be in fellowship. We need to be doing that. All right, let's go on. Well, and we talked about this earlier, but yeah. let's reemphasize it. So we kind of left the guys Saturday with this thought. And again, we, we stole it from JP. So JP, we're giving you credit for this. Thank you, sir. When we meet together, let's learn to ask these three questions of each other. How do we feed our faith this week? How did we? Uh, or I just said, what did this week be? That, yeah, you just changed it faith. up a little bit. Same idea, though. Yeah. It's still output. Output. What did we do this week that fed our faith? Yeah. You know, or you know, or fed others. Yeah. And then finally, how did we feed our flesh this week? And that's that's really it's about 
it's about being focused on the right things, but it's also about confessing your sins. And James five, it tells us that we are to confess our sins to others, right? Yeah. So and let's it, let's so, an, let's answer that. Yeah. What I think a lot of people are scared of this. Pete, they hear it at first, you know, first thought, and they're like, "Oh, that's I, I can't do that. That's really scary." And I don't want to be accountable. And you know, I'm I'm a free guy. I can do whatever I can I want to do. The truth of the matter is, when you when you bring sin to light and you confess sin, it gives you freedom. It doesn't, it, it, it's the opposite of bondage. That's true. So how did we, how did you feed your, uh, your faith this week? Oh, that's, that's good. Um, really been diving and we talked about this in the pre-show. Um, I really been diving into, um, second Peter and uh, just trying to, trying to not read it, but trying to (laughs) really trying to digest what, um, what Peter is, is trying to share with the, you know, with the church, you know, 2000 years ago, and just kind of diving into that. I've been listening to, uh, you know, JP, I've been listening to a new podcast that JP, it's not new for him, but new for me. I've been listening to that. And uh, I, I always listen to, I listen to like three or four different pastors every week. Uh, my own, I listen to Barry. And then uh, I try to listen to a couple other ones that are around the country. There's, um, uh, I, I like listening to Mark Batterson, who's in Washington, D.C. I listen to JP, who's in Waco, Texas. Um, and uh, what's um, Louis? They'll try to listen to Louis occasionally, uh, not every week. It depends on, here's what, it, here's what it does. It depends on how many walks I go yeah. the week. So my normal walk is about three miles and Ooh. I can usually get a complete sermon in, in, in my three mile walk. So that, so the more I walk, the more sermons and I, I get think to that's listen good, to that, during that the week. People heard that, you know, for me, I mean, I, I listen to Alistair Begg a lot. I listen to Chuck Swindoll. The guy I, from Jeopardy, Alex. No, Begg? no. And then I listen to um, Chuck Smith a lot. So those are my go-to guys that I listen to a lot throughout the week. Every day I'm in fellowship with them. Every day I'm studying the Bible. Um, I do a lot of devotions with my wife together and we do a devotional together and we study the Bible together. Um, I do a lot of that prayer and then, and just, I'm involved in a lot of different ministries all throughout the week. So we're involved in life groups. We're involved in all that. And I'm studying and prepping for that. And we're constantly doing that kind of ministry. So I've, I, we, I make it a point and is what you do is we make it a point to keep ourselves be- busy building our faith. Yeah. And so we do a lot of stuff to help increase and move God's kingdom forward. Um, I meet with a lot of pastors every week and I disciple them and we teach them certain things about, you know, bringing discipleship to their congregations and stuff. So there's a lot that we do every week, but it's, it's, our time is consumed by Jesus. And I think that's what God is wanting us to do. And so we're in fellowship, but, but when you're with another brother, brother and sister in Christ, it's good to talk about those things. It's good to bring that up. So ask the question, how did we feed our faith this week when you're with fellowship next time? Next question is, what did we do this week that fed our faith? We just talked about that. Yeah. How did we feel? Well, you did. I, I did. What do we do? Okay, so, well. so last week, for example, I, because it's the, the week of the men's Bible study, I spent a lot of time preparing to, you know, to pour into the men on Saturday. With my business, Pete, uh, I found I'm really trying to pour into my clients, you know, after the sale and, you know, when things are done and just, just checking on seeing how their lives are going and their and their faith i had the opportunity on a listing a great uh, listing appointment last week to, to pray with the the sellers mm. that was really cool so when the opportunity mm. arises to do that I, I i try to take advantage of that just just pouring into people i've got man, a sweet lady she's probably 88 90 years old one of my clients and uh, she's in the hospital mm. so just 
reaching out to her and seeing how she's doing. I found out yesterday she went to the hospital. So little things like that, just trying to keep in contact with people and and love on people. Um, Just, and that, that's how I try to just feed into others, man. It's just not about us. Right. Yep. And then the last question was, how did we feed our flesh this week? And that's where we confess our sins with one another. Yeah, I can, I'll start. So um, yeah, I've been looking at too many cars, Pete. Like, it's like, you know, I want to get my wife a new car, but part of it, you know, I, it's, you know, I want to be able to drive it too. So I'm like spending, I've spent in the last couple of weeks, too much time looking at, you know, car videos on YouTube and like, oh, it'd be really cool. And then, you know, I just, but God doesn't want me to get into debt. He doesn't want me to have a car payment. I, I know he doesn't, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, but you know, and then you start justifying it. Well, I can write it off and I can do these different things. And so pray for me on that, that I would, we have two good cars that work fine. I don't need a new car. You know, I, it's, it's amazing. The flesh can be so overwhelming and there's so many things. And what God is asking of us is for us to deny our flesh, pick up the cross of and, and he wants us to live a simple life that's geared towards promoting God's kingdom, furthering his kingdom. And if we're, it's not that God doesn't want us to have a car. No. It's, he doesn't want our focus to be there. It's not that our, it's not that God doesn't want us to go on vacation. He doesn't want us to constantly be talking or thinking about vacation. Our, our, he wants us to be walking in the spirit and he wants us to be navigating our daily lives in a such a way so that God's kingdom, that's our priority. That's where we're at. We're denying the temptation to get away from that. We're denying our flesh from, from thinking about or meditating on other things. And, you know, that battle is every day for my life, every day in your life. And it's, and it's, you know, it's anything that it's causing us to please ourselves or anything that is causing us to if we have to justify it, it's wrong. Yep. And, and it's, it's like, we don't, it, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I think that it would be better for us to have less on everything. I feel like when my, my, my friends from other countries, they come and see my house, my house is ginormous. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I just barely have this much right here in the front living room area. Right. You have a house, your car. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> and it, I just, I feel I sometimes I really feel guilty at times. It's like, do I have too much? And it's like, you know, uh, what are we doing to get the kingdom of God out further? How, where are we putting our money? Where are we putting our resources? Where are we doing that? I think God wants us to be, that's what he was talking about in Acts, where he says they sold all of their things. And I think the flesh is anything that's taken us from that. Anything that's that's not advancing God's kingdom, I think is the flesh leading us. And so again, we just, it's a balance. We need to pray. And like you said, we all go through that, Bob. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, do we get a new car? Do we not? Christine and I talk about this all the time as well. So it's just, you know, it's, it's just resting in, in the Lord. Yeah. And don't hear me. It's not bad to get a new car. Every, you have to get a new car at some point. Yeah. It's about, it's about timing and what you're or focusing, a car, whatever focusing God on. Opens. Yeah, yeah. 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 New to you. New to you car. All right. All right. Well, let's, let's close with this. So John Wesley said, I want the whole Christ for my savior. I want the whole Bible for my book. I want the whole church for my fellowship. And I want the whole world for my mission field. And everything that we said today always leads to that. And if we have the body of Christ, it helps us to fulfill the ministry that God has in store for you. 
And every person that's listening today has a mission field. It could be your workplace. It could be your neighbors. It could be your backyard. It could be in the mission field. It can be in other countries or, or something. God has a purpose and he has a place. And if you are in the fellowship with other believers, together you guys are doing mission together and you're building up and you're growing and you're able to share what God's doing in your life. And you're able to share some of the hardships that they can pray for you and come alongside of you and all of that. So it's, it's so important. And if you don't know Jesus, then you don't have any ministry. You don't have proper fellowship. You don't have koinonia, which is a deeper, intimate fellowship with the person that's unlike anything else you're going to ever experience. Um, but today you can. And if that's you and you're listening to this and you want to give your life to the Lord, all you got to do is just say, you know what, God, forgive me of my sins. I repent of that. I want to turn from doing things my way. I want to do it your way. I want to trust you as my living God. I want to trust you as my savior. Lord, I believe today that you died and rose again on the cross the third day. I believe that you are God, the author and finisher of my life. I believe that as the Bible says, you are the alpha and the omega. You are the beginning and the end of everything. And I fully trust you and I fully put my trust in you. And I will allow you to be the God that leads my next steps in every aspect of my life. And so if you said that, that is the most amazing thing that can ever be said. And, and I love that we say this every week, but the Bible says that if you did confess before, uh, if you did commit your life to Jesus just now, that all the angels in heaven rejoice. How amazing is that? I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. And then the Bible also says that now go and tell somebody, don't keep this to yourself. Go have koinonia with somebody. Confess this. The Bible says, if you confess before man, I too will confess before my father in heaven. But if you deny this before man, I'm going to deny you before my father in heaven. That is serious. And so if God has spoken to you and he's given you, given your life to him, go and confess it. Go tell somebody, tell us, Bob, how could they tell us? Man, like the angels in heaven, we want to rejoice with you. So let us know about it. Go to riotpodcast.co.co and uh, check out a couple of the links there, the No God link especially, and uh, kind of gives you some next steps. But uh, reach out to us. we got email addresses, lots of ways to reach out to us. And uh, man, we'd love to hear. Also, go to our social media sites. Go to Facebook, go to Twitter, uh, Riot The Riot Podcast, and uh, you can find us there. Again, we would love to hear your story, like to hear where you're listening to us from. And man, just share that with us. That would be a blessing to us. And uh, man, I just, I'm just encourage you to do that. And finally, uh, with YouTube, um, if you have not seen Pete the grandfather, <laughs> you need to get on YouTube so you can see um, see us in person. But what if you go there? I would ask that you do three things: subscribe, hit that little like button to the video, and share it with somebody else. Uh, you know, it could be just sharing it on your facebook feed whatever but uh you know just tell people what you think you know you can say hey i hate this show i thought you guys look at it or these guys are nuts you guys should listen to it anything just share it for us and uh, it just helps us get the podcast out to more people um we know god is in control and he's going to put it in front of the uh, the people he wants it in front of but he may want to use you to do that yeah. so uh, man, we just really appreciate you in this month of Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm very grateful for, for our listeners and thank you for that. And uh, tune in next week. So we will release a show on Thanksgiving Day next week. 
And uh, you do not want to miss that show. It's going to be special. So take care, guys. Can't wait to talk to you next week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you as you just work to fellowship with other believers this week. May God bless you. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.